Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome back to Tag Team, the Pokemon Trading Card Games premier podcasting duo. My name is Riley Holbert, joined, as always, by my good, good friend, Mr. J.W. Crewall, holding his mic in hand. Mr. J.W., how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. My mic stand broke. <laughs> I thought I could get away with my Blue Yeti, but it just... it really sounds very different to this one and yeah. so i'm keeping my elgato wave it, you know the sound me. is one thing but the audio is just like really poppy when you're doing our our mic checks which I, know, I don't know it, why it doesn't really make that much sense but i think we had that issue like a while ago like months ago when i was still with the blue yeti microphone like yeah. i remember us having that and just kind of dealing with it <laughs> time flies that it does that it does how's uh how's life it's good i i went skiing last weekend which is a lot of fun that's right um so that was fun and you know i haven't had a lot of chance to play arceus since it came out but i have <laughs> really been enjoying it uh you want to learn something crazy that you learned in arceus i yeah i would okay this is a is it like a within, major spoiler? This is like a within five minutes of starting the game spoiler. So okay. I'm going to say so, it without remorse. But, okay, but but also, just so everyone knows, if you haven't played it, spoiler. This is spoiler. Did you know that when Pokemon go into the Pokeballs, it's not the Pokeball tech that shrinks them down. Pokemon have the innate ability to shrink themselves down what? and go inside of the ball. No. That's what they had to say at the start of the game. That cannot be true. Well, either so that's they're, either they're just either the characters in the game are are wrong, which I guess is a possibility. <laughs> or I think it's like, I think the it's truth. the kind of thing where science hasn't quite but like, like they haven't figured it out yet. But like, like the Pokeball think... in the game is like literally just a block of wood, right? <laughs> but they still but why shrink would a into Pokemon it. willingly do that? I don't know. Tell, Why would a wild Pokemon willingly do that? I, like they get I don't hit know. with something? Wait, and, Did, every and that, time they get hit, they shrink? I I don't know. How do they and go that re- into the ball? The revelation like really struck me, right? Okay, well, like, here's the it. other question. And I haven't played the game, but if they're just blocks of wood, what are the fireworks? Well, that's flavor, <laughs> you know. I can I can write off the fireworks. I just like okay. I, I feel like like some things in games you don't have to explain. Like the Pokemon going into the Pokeball, you don't have to explain. <laughs> so that's lore. That's canon now. I guess. I mean, maybe later in the game they like disprove it or something. But I'm mad. But that freaked me out, man. That freaked me out. Because does that mean they can just be little whenever they want? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, outside, like, like outside, like outside the Pokeball. What if they're like they could be like microscopic, and you would just <laughs> never know? What if there was a That's what I'm like saying. a covert, covert operation with? Yeah, like what if Team Rocket's Meowth was <laughs> able to get really tiny? Yeah, he could like slip through keyholes and stuff. Yeah, it's nefarious, man. That's extremely nefarious. <laughs> so that was the disturbing fact that I learned at the start of Legends Arceus. I'm probably the only person who like actually thought about it after they said it, but. It bothered me, man. That is really bothersome. I have like the, it was. We could have. I don't know. You're saying that it was something that you wanted to learn, but for me, I could have gone without knowing that and everything. No, no. Fine. I'm saying. I'm saying in video games, there are sometimes like you just write things off, and it's just that's the video game, right? Like, yeah. 
like Pokemon, know? like going into the Pokeballs. Exactly. Like Pokemon going to the Pokeballs doesn't need to be explained to me. It just happens. <laughs> and so now I'm just, my whole worldview is kind of messed up. So that's me. How are you? Uh, my basement flooded. That's not like nearly as bad as my thing, but. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. <laughs> but that definitely sucks. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a big flood, but uh, it, was a, it was a tiny, tiny little boy. Tiny. Was it from the, the storm that blew through? Oh, I mean, it has to be related. We have no idea, really. Like, it could theoretically be uh something internal like a pipe burst or something but we don't think so because all our pipes are pvc Took a massive dookie and burst the pipe i mean you know me <laughs> but yeah it i don't know it just it's kind of weird it's 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 very weird because we can't see there's nothing dripping you know it's not like we can see a leak anywhere mm. um we even like ran the shower for a little bit just to you know we've shut the water off but like we turned it on because we're like well be nice to take a shower and then also do a test of like okay well oh there's the pipe that it's coming from right but <laughs> yeah. uh the one yeah, that's able to do water that. right exactly weren't able to do that and then yeah it just and it's weird because it's all standing water just because it's not draining yeah which is the weirdest part because we have a you know you can see it i was like and i tried <laughs> to stick some things in it yeah. and i'm like okay this isn't this doesn't seem to be you know there's no like you know bag or something covering it which would prevent the drainage of the water uh-huh and yet none of the water will go down that <laughs> that drain so curious case very curious well that's unfortunate man I'm sorry you have to deal with that that's okay it it's life man so true so true some days you learn about Pokemon shrinking down. Other days, your basement gets flooded. Some days, you're Mew VMAX. Other days, you're Victini VMAX. <laughs> I feel like there are worse VMAXs you could be. <laughs> Other days, you're Flapple VMAX. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, I feel like there's worse than Flapple, too, right? Like, there's definitely some bad. You're... What is the worst VMAX? I don't know, man. Butterfree. I don't. Th- I don't even think it's Butterfree, but I, I don't know what it is. Okay, but there is definitely an answer. There's definitely a right answer. I mean, there is an answer. Um, hmm. We'll have to think on that <laughs> next episode too. To, to review the worst <laughs> VMAX. <laughs> it's a whole hour in-depth analysis on the worst. V-Max. <laughs> well, JW. Not to minimize your troubles, but you did have <laughs> an upswing recently as well. I did. I did. Something went right in life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell us about that. Yeah. I won a major tournament. A major tournament, he says. <laughs> <laughs> what, what major tournament did you win? Uh, I won my local game store's team challenge qualifier. There you go. Yeah. How many people were there? There were four of us. (laughs) And you were the strongest. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) And we all played dark decks. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wait, that's insane. Yeah. So so my first round, I played against a Sableye Inteleon. (laughs) But 
the list was kind of interesting because he played it was like actually Sableye and Teleon like without the Hoopa and without huh. the Articuno. Yeah. Or excuse me, not the Artic no without the Moltres. Yeah, the Articuno not being in there traps for sure. <laughs> he didn't play he didn't play Flapple VMAX. <laughs> this guy not playing Flapple. Yeah, I know, right? Imagine. Um and then I played so I won that one. And then I played, well, obviously, I won them all. We'll just say that. And then the next round, I played against a single strike Urshifu Umbreon deck, uh-huh. which I won just barely. And then in the final round, I played against a mirror. I was playing Gengar myself, mm. single strike Gengar. So I played against a mirror deck. And I came out on top. Wow. That's pretty cool, man. That is pretty cool. It was very heroic. So you are now locked in for the team challenge. What store did you end up going to? Beyond the board. Beyond the board. There we go. Watch out for JW in the team challenge, locking it in at Beyond the Board. Are you That's hyped right. for the, the main event? Bro, I'm always hype. <laughs> I'm always hype. Yeah, I get really I get really excited for these like official tournaments. I don't know what it is, but like the the online tournaments, I don't really get that excited for. But mm. the official ones, I'm like They hit different. Yeah, they do hit different for sure. So <laughs> So I mean, it sounds like at that event everyone had the exact same game plan and that was to <laughs> to play a dark deck to maybe beat Mew V Max. But nobody played Mew Max because everybody had the same game plan. I was thinking that players would try to counter Mew at the local level because that's just kind of like I know a couple of the guys that um, were there and they are generally like the anti-meta players. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's not like a that's not like a negative thing. It's just like they tend to. OK, there's a best deck and they tend to play a deck that can you know beat that or is like the direct counter to it. Um and so I kind of expected that, but I thought more so they would go to like a Jolteon. Uh-huh. You know, to counter Mew. Um, although it's not like a perfect counter, but you you get my point where it's like that's the second best deck and um, you know, it's pretty decent. So that's why I was going in with my with my single strike Gengar. I'm like, ooh, this is gonna be, you know, I'm gonna take wins against Mew and Jolteon. <laughs> and nobody played either. Well, there you go. Now, I, I actually would expect, and <laughs> maybe this is, this is just my opinion. Uh, granted, I'm not a not your lawyer. Um, I would actually expect many like team challenge qualifiers to have a like strict underrepresentation of Mew, just because people don't want to <laughs> shell the money on the cards. <laughs> you know, right? Like you might maybe play one Mew deck. Yeah. Yeah, so I think you will actually be underrepresented. So if you're a anti-meta warrior, you got to anti-meta the dark decks because those are the decks that people have handy. Right, so like the question <laughs> becomes now, what would I have played? Like what was the perfect meta call knowing that it was Sableye and two single strike decks? And I wonder if I would have not dropped the game if I had played something like Stone Journer. <laughs> Yo. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like Stone Journer, definitely a big move in that space. Uh, I think uh 
like Leafeon could have done okay in that space. Leafeon would have been pretty decent. Yeah. So <laughs> the the local metas are funny, man. They really are, man. They really are. Well, congratulations on conquering the team challenge. What is your advice to people who are looking to do the same and trying to get in their store? Well, you know, try to f- try to find different ones, right? Because we you can enter into like up to twelve. So you should try to you know if you're really set on getting into the team challenge, then make sure that you have located your stores because some are starting up, right? So you don't want to miss out on opportunities. If you're like, if you're desperate to get in, you're like, I really want to like go to one that is a bit like, just find all the ones that are available. Make sure you don't, you know, miss your shot. Um, and then, yeah, the other thing is just like, know know your local guys, I guess. I, I I didn't know them well enough, I guess. I have, well, I haven't (laughs) been, you thought you knew them. I haven't been in a league since since like the pandemic started. So that tracks, you know. Yeah, so it just it's tough to you know hear what they've been playing. Like I don't know what they've been doing um, recently. So anyway, there you go. That would be that would be my advice. JW's advice is just play the game enough, and eventually you may qualify. (laughs) Play the game enough and know exactly what your opponents are playing. It's that easy. It's that easy. It's that easy, guys. So looking ahead to the rest of our ep today, I want to talk about some news in the TCG space. And post-card of the day, we'll be doing a a meta-analysis. So if you're a team challenge grinder, this is definitely the episode for you. Very cool. Let's get right into it. So, JW, we had some exciting news over the last few days in the Pokemon set reveal space. Not a lot of new cards revealed or anything like that, but we do know some cool new information about what's coming up in the future. Uh, So we had our next set name has been revealed as well as, I think, the pet artwork as well, if I'm not going crazy here um i mean it's like what astral radiance is the next set yes astral radiance is the next english tcg set due out sometime end of may yep our um, may set we've we've kind of been consent you know um uh taken down this this road of of the diamond and pearl you know remakes or or kind of homages with the pokemon so we've already seen arceus and now we are going to see arceus's counterparts dialga and palkia yeah exactly so dialga and palkia coming in hot here going to be likely the mascots of astral radiance probably also going to see some of our new hisuian friends in astral radiance set so not going to spoil what those forms may be, but if you're playing Pokemon Legends Arceus, Arceus and you're excited to see those Pokemon represented in the TCG, this seems like the set for you. So not a lot of information out yet. You wouldn't expect it. And here on Tag Team, we try not to be the guy who analyzes the set six months from now. So <laughs> maybe what? three months but not yeah probably not six months we, so, we're getting some good stuff man in uh in brilliant stars that everyone should be exactly really we about. should still be excited about brilliant stars because <laughs> <laughs> there are definitely archetypes of people who have already moved on <laughs> you know <laughs> 
<laughs> Bro, my deck is going to be so cracked when Astral Radiance comes out. You have no idea. So, and I'm, you know, you live that life. I'm going to play in the tournaments with the deck that I have now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, That's right. So, still fun stuff. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing, like, the Pokemon Legends Arceus kind of world represented in the Pokemon trading card game. Um, especially, I'm actually excited for the trainers. I want to see the trainers represented even more. Oh, really? The, the Hisuian trainers? Yeah. Because a lot of them are, like, you know, ancestors or, or the like to characters that we know and love. So, I think it'd be cool to see, like, alternate takes on, uh, you know, existing trainers. Cool. But that's not the only thing that was revealed. Just today, we saw a new reveal for a like promotional kind of set for Pokemon Go trading cards. Not the ones that you'll find in Target that are just like complete knockoffs, <laughs> but actual <laughs> Pokemon Go themed TCG set. JW, oh, yeah. what are your thoughts? Yeah, this has been a long time coming. I mean, Pokemon <laughs> Go recently celebrated their five-year anniversary. And I'll be honest, it's been really interesting to me to see that, um, you know, we just really haven't had a crossover set yeah. in a long time. I mean, I'm trying to think of, like, the history of crossover sets from the Pokemon trading card game to any of the other main franchise games. And there have certainly been, you know, it's all based on, the main series video games right like all the you know trainers we get all the items we get like for the most part have some kind of connection to the games that they (laughs) were made in but um you know i'm thinking like the pokemon snap cards yeah there was a it almost evokes a like detective pikachu set detective pikachu but that you know that's not really a game that was like a yeah but i think i almost think of these as like you know, the Pokemon media sphere outside of the mainline games, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, so I guess those two would be... We have seen Professor Willow in the past, right? That has been a card that has been released as another Professor discard draw seven. And I think that was a some kind of reward for purchasing something online, I believe, from the Pokemon Center. Yeah, I think so. And that might have just been kind of a little hint at what's to come because I'm really stoked about this. I think it's something that Pokemon should be doing more. I think we should. I I mean, I think honestly, like if this is a big success, which I'm sure it will be, that we should be integrating a little bit more with the mainline games where it's just, you know, literal scenes of, <laughs> you know, Legends Arceus or Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl, like just printed on a card with the tax i think that would be really cool now what i <laughs> my question to you jw is do you think a single card in the pokemon go pack besides professor willow will be playable <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good question uh the answer has to be like no right like they're making this little side set it's like the detective pikachu right like we might get a mr mime that only is <laughs> using one deck <laughs> yeah it was used in one deck because it had a little bit of synergy with other cards you know so like maybe <laughs> that's usually how these mini sets go is they're more for collectors yeah than than for players but maybe things change i mean we don't we don't know what they're cooking up i mean this pokey, is exciting the and pokey stuff. stop as an item that's hype <laughs> yeah that would be cool for sure <laughs> i'm just 
I'm just looking forward to to seeing it and holding it in my hands. The the pack art is really cool. It's like a bunch of different framed little scenes from Pokemon Go. Um and you know, Pokemon Go, its main craze has certainly passed, but it's a it's a welcome part of the Pokemon world to this day, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So true. The haters haters are wrong, bro. Haters can get bent. <laughs> that's what i'm saying man the haters can get fat <laughs> any day <laughs> so we at tag team are excited to see the pokemon go set absolutely so speaking of cards that we're excited to see jw i think it's about that time dude it's already that time i think it is all right well i got a fun little a fun little tag team card if you will <laughs> Will you? I sure. Okay. This card was a promotional card in Japan a long time mm. ago. And it was f- made for a special tournament. I don't even know that it was necessarily a tournament, but a special rule set of um, you know, players. Uh-huh. Where there were different effects that could alter the game. And so this tournament or this um, series of games were played by parents and their children. Mm. And this trainer card, this promo card said, tag team with your partner. Then your opponent switches with his or her partner. So basically, you know, dad switches with son, right? Son has been playing the game you know <laughs> the whole time and then mom jumps in right or, and they just continue or, playing with like the game state and the decks and everything yeah exactly so so it's one of those just really funny cards that's a promo card in japan <laughs> for the special rule set tournament uh and the thing that i love most about this card is that it's got really funky artwork so it looks and what's very the card bizarre. actually called it's called touch change Touch change. Touch change. Um, and that's a, I don't know if it's the best. Oh, yeah. I, I know this art. Well, you know this art probably. Well, I think it's most famous for use in a forum called Hey Trainer. Yeah. And that is kind of the background slash mascot. Is there, is there multiple prints of this card? Well, now you got me wondering. I I don't actually know. I thought there was just the one print. Well, I Googled it. I I think there may be some later prints of it. Oh, no. It's touch generation change is the... There are some different things where um, they printed Dang, like... they made multiple cards for this format. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> for that format they did, for sure. For sure. I don't know about reprints, though. Yeah, so there's also a card that got two different arts called Touch Generation Change. And I'm I'm struggling to understand it fully. You shuffle your hand into your deck. Yeah. And then each player's partner may draw up to five cards. So do you just lose your hand? Well, that they're crazy, man. <laughs> Japanese players are crazy. <laughs> so, I now granted, I don't feel like I fully appreciate the rules of this format. But if it's just like me tagging in with you know pops, right? I tag in with my old papa, right? Um, 
if my dad raised me right, then we're both playing optimally and there's no difference with who's playing, right? Right, right. So kind of a sucky card. Well, on the other hand, it could be an absolutely devastating card because (laughs) I know some dads or moms who have sons or daughters that are not very good at the game. Likewise, (laughs) I know some sons or daughters that if they put mom and dad in that situation, oh, buddy, would I be able to capitalize? (laughs) So it's more about forcing the switch. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you escape rope up the shaman on the bench. That's right. That's right. Exactly. But with the the players across from you. (laughs) (laughs) I I think there's some deep strategy meta-analysis to be done there for sure. No doubt. So touch change. Who knew? How about that? Yeah. And you know what, JW? What's that? If you're looking to change the way the touch of your lower extremities feel, (laughs) (laughs) there's no better way to do that than with our partner in Manscaped. JW, why don't you tell us about Manscaped? That had to have been the creepiest way (laughs) to announce our sponsor. Come on, yes, that was good. Manscaped. Hey, what? You worked with what you had, which is exactly what you can do with the lawnmower four. You threw me the touchdown pass, and I slam dunked it. You certainly did three (laughs) points for Riley. And so, yeah, we love the products. We've been using these Manscaped products for, oh, about three months now. And mine finally did run out of juice. I do have (laughs) to charge it for the first time in three months. Um, Woe is you. I know. Woe is me for sure. But I've been using the lawnmower 4.0. I've been using the ear and nose hair trimmer. And also, I got to say, I've loved their... um, their shampoo and conditioner which has been really nice as well so all of that to say they got a lot of different things going on that you you know a lot of different products you should get a hold of manscaped products are top of the line quality we both love them here at tag team i'm wearing my manscaped boxers right the heck now no i will not prove it and they are by far my most comfortable pair of underwear that i own if you're looking to get a piece of that pie, good news is that Tag Team's got you covered. If you go to manscaped.com, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code TAGTEAM. That's T-A-G-T-E-A-M at checkout, and you'll get 20% off and free shipping. That's a great deal for great products, so you definitely don't want to miss this. That's manscaped.com. Code tag team, and you help support the cast by doing so. So check it out, manscaped.com. Code tag team at checkout. Thank you, Manscaped, for sponsoring the cast, and thank you all for checking them out. I think it's probably about time, Riley, that we circle back to the current meta. We here. I have one off comment. <laughs> and that is um, I just have to say this, I have to verbalize it. So yesterday, I was at a work dinner with. Uh, some of my colleagues and one of them offhandedly brought up that they did not know that you were supposed to put on the conditioner after shampoo until very recently. (laughs) 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 Like they would condition their hair and then shampoo it away. (laughs) 
So, That's so gas. You mentioned the shampoo and conditioner, and I just like I had to. Stop. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, it's so cool. Were they raised by wolves? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like the reason they found out is they mentioned it. the The reason they found out is crazy. They. <laughs> Their, their well, mom, they dated a woman? I don't no, know. No, like... no. Like, they were talking to their mom recently, <laughs> and they were, like, visiting, and their mom yeah. was like, oh, you know, the, the conditioner, like, smells a little funky, but it's, like, really good. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh, but it doesn't matter because I'm going to shampoo it off, so it's it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> shampoo smells good, so it's fine. Wow. <laughs> his mom wow. is just and like, Matt... what are you talking see, about? Well, see, but that's that's her problem right, right? it's she on it is him. it's on the parent right like right. so that's when she realized that she failed him <laughs> that must have been a horrible feeling like you go through all this time with your kid <laughs> just to realize they suck <laughs> <laughs> return them so i just ha- i had to speak that thought let's return okay. to the meta though <laughs> yes so. yes it's about time we haven't spoke on what's going on in Pokemon for a while. And I think, you know, we can kind of both verbalize that the metagame has been a bit stale. I mean, if you watch anyone's, you know, top 20 deck list video, <laughs> it's going to be for the most part, the same stuff every single week. I don't um, know, man. I've been working on my top 50 video and decks 30 through 50. There's been some changes. Well, I will be glued <laughs> to that three-hour video. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Um, but we just wanted to, you know, some people get mostly their competitive news from this podcast. So I want to make sure that we are keeping people in the loop, especially, as you said earlier, with the team challenges coming up. These are some, I mean, people can hate on the team challenges, and we kind of take a little bit of a lax approach to them um, just because, again, there's so many of them, and they're usually only about a handful of players, but there are people out there, certainly, that are you know really aiming to win one of these, or um, you know there are prizes on the line in a lot of cases. I only got packs for mine, Mima, but some <laughs> people will get you know boxes, and then, of course, if you advance a few rounds in the actual team challenge, you're getting packs and stuff. So plus the playmats you get. Plus the playmat. The shaman playmat looks sick, dude. Yeah, no jokes. So anyway, it's time that we revisited um, our top decks here, and why don't you start us off, Riley? Yeah, so we have compiled. What we would consider to be the top five decks heading into this metagame. We'll work our way up. The top two probably won't surprise you, but we still want to build that suspense, build the hype. So starting off towards the bottom, a deck that is definitely worth your time and a worthy force in the metagame is the Zashian Zamazenta deck. Now this deck has... Honestly, it's been one that JW and I have kind of trashed on over the course of the post-rotation world, but it continues to be a, a relatively solid deck in the metagame. Where Zashian and Zamazenta thrive is they're very straightforward, they have a, like a lot of built-in draw, and they have a lot of space, which they can fill with lots of support. So you have your Crystal Caves, you have your Capes, you have your Rotom Phones, you're drawing constantly with Zashian as you build up your energy to your attackers. You have Zamazenta to wall against VMAXs. It's all there. All the pieces are there. 
Um, the prize trade is solid. Zamazenta and Zashian, both being those two prize attackers, allows you to trade relatively favorably with VMAXs, especially if you can wall for a turn or two with Zamazenta. Plus, Zamazenta is just like a win condition versus some decks. It's just an overall solid strategy. You can never really go wrong with Zashian. It's just such a good card, and it's featured <laughs> in all sorts of decks. If they play Metal Energy, you can't go wrong with slapping one of those suckers in your deck. So worthy spot in the meta i do think it's likely a step below every other deck that we're about to talk about um but it's definitely a, a worthy choice especially if, if those are the, the cards that you got you would not be faulted for taking them to a tournament no and one of the things that i do kind of appreciate about it is that you're gonna kind of run certain decks into the ground um for yeah. instance the like the sableye intellion deck just won't ever do enough damage yeah to to be able to knock out three zashian i mean they could right but but it's like that's a very good matchup for the deck um and one of the main reasons that the sableye deck has kind of decreased in play um and then we also see a fairly strong matchup against something like duraludon right duraludon's definitely been a force right now in the meta but you're attacking with all basic energies, which is one of the few decks that does. All basic and energy on two prize Pokemon. At that. All basic energy on two prize Pokemon. Exactly. You're doing solid numbers. Um, you also have, of course, the uh, the Z- Zamazenta that you can wall with, like you were talking about. So, also, there's just something to be there. said as well. Like outside of just directly good matchups, it's really scary when your opponent is or when you are playing the zashian deck you go first you attach the energy you intrepid sword hit a second one that is such a huge board presence for so little effort (laughs) i I was just gonna say that i will say like one of the most scary things in the format is to you know have a mu genesec deck play like two battle vip pass but maybe the second most dominating (laughs) first turn board board position is that intrepid sword for one or two energy it can be really um setting yourself up to uh you know to gust something um that your opponent's trying to build up um it's just a very strong play on that first turn of the game and um one of the you know one of those kind of strong plays that only a deck like zashian can make i'm looking up and down kind of the the matchups here you're taking fairly even matchups with something like mew genesect um, you're taking fairly even matchups when you consider the healing against something like Jolteon. Um, so you, you got to know how to play it. We're not telling you by any means. Like, it's kind of a hard deck, a little bit of a clunky deck to play in some respects. You got to really maximize your opportunities because you're never going to just steamroll players <laughs> for the most part. So you got to know what you're doing when you play the deck, but decent deck, solid deck, and it comes in at number five. GW. Why don't you introduce us to number four then? Yeah, absolutely. Number four for us is Duraludon. So we were just talking about Duraludon as being a really strong contender in this format. Um, and yeah, it remains that way. I mean, you're looking at a number of high tier decks that have pretty much their entire strategy built around special energy. Um, the single strike deck that is rising in popularity pretty much entirely special energy and then of course mu genesect has a real strong focus on special energy um you combine that with some healing you combine that with you know high hp and 
big charm and things like that you're you're looking at a at a really hard pokemon to knock out yeah i mean duraludon has a slew of benefits you got the obviously the wall effect is very strong in the metagame you have the piercing damage i think is actually kind of relevant at times as well like you can't be walled off by a zamazenta you have your own access to Zacian, and if you really want to, you can play Zamazenta as well. You have that flexibility with the metal energies, and it's just overall pretty solid. I mean, you get to really high HP numbers. You play those yell towels. Uh, you play the Crystal Cave, and all of a sudden, you have this behemoth that is impossible to knock out. The only real flaw with Duraludon is if you don't have an early Zacian, you tend to have a slowed down board presence for the mm-hmm, rest of the mm-hmm. game and it takes three turns to power it up pretty yeah. much no matter what so those are really the only flaws and it definitely makes a showing regardless of having those flaws it is a very solid deck in the metagame yeah no doubt that's why i've always been a fan of a higher zashian count like at least three like like you said, it's just so important to get in on that first turn. And this deck, it's it has that um, you know it has that kind of build of other um, quad decks in the past where you're kind of hoping that your one dude or maybe two dudes can kind of take you the entire way. Like you're very <laughs> yeah. slow, you're very slow, and so you're not going to play these quick balls because you're really not searching for that much. And so, you know, of course you have Adventures Discovery, but it's this kind of slow build up. And yeah, like you said, if you can't find the Zashian early, you're really losing a lot of draw potential there that the deck yeah. needs. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm always a fan if you're gonna play this deck and playing three Zashian, but <laughs> that's just me. It's just you. But I I actually do agree though, like having the Zashian is so good. It's actually probably one of your better starter Pokemon too. <laughs> maybe even better than starting Duraludon. Um So can't go wrong with playing a high Zashian count. So Zashian definitely making a showing in the list so mm-hmm. far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, why don't we talk then about our first non-Zashian oriented deck on the list in Gengar. So mm-hmm. Gengar is a classic deck in the metagame right now. It's kind of taken over as the single strike archetype of choice in you know the least past week or so jw obviously using it at his team challenge to a high degree of success where gengar thrives is obviously it's good against mew like just being able to tear through those suckers but it's just a simpler straightforward more straightforward version of you know the more complicated single strike builds that are out there right so Gengar has all the benefits of single strike. You have the typing, uh, but you have like a little more efficiency with your attacks. Uh, and you can actually get to really impressive numbers for less energy than you might need to on like solely relying on Urshifu for your knockouts. Yeah, absolutely. I've been pretty impressed with Gengar. I didn't have a ton of time with it before playing it in the team challenge, but coming out of the team challenge, the biggest gripe that I had was just that in the late game, you can get in some sticky spots just because you're always going to be searching for, you know, that last energy to attach or your final boss's orders. But um, on the whole, the deck is really strong 
option for players because it is, you know, straightforward. You're taking a really good matchup into Mew, although they can win uh, just due to the nature of doing, you know, 240 on the first turn. Um, <laughs> it's pretty and, good. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. And then you can tech for something like Jolteon by playing either a Stone Journer or a single strike Urshifu of your own to hit for that fighting weakness to make it just a little bit easier to battle that lightning deck. Yeah, so, I mean, Gengar's strengths are almost self-evident. It just, the the build speaks for itself. <laughs> so, if you're looking to try out Gengar, you can always ask JW to net deck, or you can uh, look at some of the most popular Gengar lists. Just really straightforward, and honestly, I always like the decks that are just they have a plan and they execute on it, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and they don't need to worry about anything else because they're going to execute their plan. They're going to be good at it. Well, the coolest thing about the Gengar deck, as opposed to the just single strike archetype in general, like single strike being Umbreon or Urshifu decks, is that you don't actually need the Houndoom to do anything. Like you can right. definitely you can attach, attach, right? Attach, attach, and swing for you know enough damage to take knockouts. Like it is that strong on its own that you're not struggling, you know, if you don't get out a hound hour on that first turn. So I like the low maintenance aspect of the deck as well. Agreed. So Gengar, definitely a beast in the metagame, but the top two decks are still yet a notch above JW. Tell us about number two on our list for this week. Yeah, man. Our old favorite Jolteon. Jolteon is the really the only snipe deck that <laughs> we have, but it is absolutely a beast of a deck. Being able to sneak out wins against pretty much anything. You got, you know, that hundred hundred snipe being able to take out crucial parts of your opponent's strategy, be it the Hound Hours or the Sobbles, um, or slapping a path of the peak down, preventing your opponent from drawing with Crobat or Genesect, and then just slowly whittling away at their board state. I think a lot of players have been getting a little bit more uh, adventurous in their builds. We've been seeing things like Escape Rope or um, Cheryl pop up, you know, index more frequently than I think we have in the past. And I think that just goes to show that uh, the deck's relatively consistent and you can play these kind of... um, interesting text to to get around what your opponent might try to do yeah i mean jolteon is just it's been a beast for so long now and as urshifu has progressively gotten pushed out of the metagame jolteon has only gotten stronger as a result of that which tracks logically speaking um you just so rapidly are building up kind of the the checkmate amount of damage on your opponent's boards it really only takes a couple of swings with Jolteon before you've put an unanswerable amount of damage on their board state, uh, which is really impressive, especially for effectively one energy with the elemental badge, how quickly that can happen. Uh, And you also have passed the peak access, which is just so good at pretty much all stages of the metagame, but especially when Mew is so reliant on its V abilities. And if you can get one of those to stick, you are just going to tear through those Genesects on the bench like they're nobody's business. So Jolteon, obviously an amazing deck, and it continues to sit there at the number two spot. 
You have a lot of flexibility in the build. Try new things. You can adapt it to your metagame. So it's a great option for your team challenges where you may have a, some insight, for example, into how you opponents build their decks. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, Riley, take us to number one. Shouldn't come as much of a surprise, but why do you think this deck is still so strong? Yeah, so number one is Rapid Strike Urshifu VMAX, as you know. Uh, actually, no, Rapid Strike Urshifu has been pretty much completely pushed out of the metagame by the top deck, <laughs> which is Mew VMAX Genesect. This shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody who's been following the metagame. Mew VMAX is just an absolute destroyer of worlds especially as the builds have been more refined. I think the uh, the early days of Muvi Max, it was still the best deck, uh, mm-hmm. but it seemed like there was maybe more holes to poke into it than there actually were. Uh, when the deck got more refined and more streamlined and more of a focus was placed onto probably the hidden star of the deck in Meloetta, that's when things just got over the top. So the real difference maker for Mew was leaning hard into the Fusion Strike Meloetta, doing that 70 damage for every single Fusion Strike energy you have in play. You combine that with an Elisa Sparkle and the Mew V's Free Retreat, and you can, on the first turn uh, that you are playing the game, so first turn going second, for example, you can be swinging for 210 base damage with just a Fusion Strike like double attach off the Elisa's and one Fusion Strike from hand. That is enough to knock out most Pokemon V on the first turn of the game going second. Especially if you get a uh, power tablet, you can definitely knock out (laughs) any basic Mm -hmm. Pokemon V, which is just so hard for your opponent to deal with. Plus, then you have the continued high damage output, the healing of Psychic Leap, the constant draw of Genesect V. Like, if your deck isn't actively doing something that's stopping Mew then Mew has a pretty good chance of just running you over. It's absurd. The deck is so good, so streamlined as well, and so fast. It can draw its whole deck within a few turns. I mean, it shouldn't really surprise you because there's just so much that's going for Mew. You look at that Genesect engine on its own with all the cards that are printed alongside it, and that alone makes for a good deck. You combine that with some of the best attackers that we've ever seen, (laughs) and it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's really crazy. What are some of the things that you've been seeing in terms of uh, uh, card choices since the last time we talked about Mew that has you intrigued as to you know where the deck might be headed in the future? Yeah, I think I think the Mew deck has a couple of things that you pretty much need to include and are are basically agreed upon at this point that we're still in the process of getting there. The last time we talked, so that's two Meloetta and four Elisa's Sparkle are a must-have at this point. I think we've also reached the point where people are definitely digging the Rotom Phones plus the Cramomatic engine. JW, we we had talked about that engine so long ago mm-hmm. <laughs> as having potential, and that's kind of where we've landed on the Mew VMAX decks is having this hyper, play-from-hand-heavy kind of deck. The mm-hmm. things that are off, you still typically will have a couple of slots because you don't really want to play supporters that aren't Elises and Boss. So you'll typically have a few extra slots that you can play with. I won't say definitively what the best choice for those slots are. And to be honest, it's probably a little metagame dependent. 
I've seen people play things like Fan of Waves. I've seen Pokemon Catchers. I've seen Crushing Hammers. I think to me, the uh, the Pokemon Catcher kind of leans the most into what Mew is built to do, which is just be aggressive right. and, and right. knock your opponents down. And it also gives the opportunity to play Elisa's and Pokemon Catcher in the same turn, which is obviously good. Um, you know, if you've been listening to tag team for a while, you'll know that JW and I are huge fans of the concept of kind of being able to use an item as a supporter, um, which kind of fits into that for Pokemon catcher. And worst case, it's an extra card for your Genesect. So you can't cry too much about it, which as compared to things like fan of waves, which could potentially just be completely dead in the absence of a Cramomatic. I like things like Pokemon catcher and a little bit more. Oh, for sure. Um, so that's kind of where I am at this point is I would play the catcher and I think maybe the second place would be the crushing hammer for me. Um, but really, I think you just want to maximize your consistency. So get get all your quick balls, get your battle fight VIP pass, get your Rotom phones, your Cramomatics, your fog crystals, all of those in there. Play a couple switch so you don't get ruined by a Jolteon gusting your Genesect <laughs> one time. And you'll probably find yourself in a pretty good spot against most of the metagame. I hear you, man. It's, it's, it's pretty wild how dominant this deck is. I think um, we should see a shift in power with the newest Brilliant Stars set, kind of shifting the balance, not necessarily you know hard countering the Mew deck, but shifting the balance away from you know three prizes uh, into more of a two-prize format, right? And just so there might be a slowing down of the game as a whole as we get more of these V stars into, uh, into players hands, but we will have to see only time will tell. Mew does get ultra ball alongside all of that happening. I know, but I do think Mew does kind of run into this weird situation where it, it trades kind of awkwardly with the, the V stars. If they're able to get some gusts off. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And the V-Stars have, like, just enough HP. Or it's annoying to power tablet through them. Right, yeah. right, that's a little annoying from you. And so, well, I mean, obviously, we don't know because we haven't played extensively with this new set. But um, it certainly is shifting, at least in my eyes, a little away from Mew's dominance. But um, The supernovas burn out, man. Supernova <laughs> they sure out. do at some point. At some point, they do. <laughs> But if you have a team challenge coming up, Mew is definitely a, a premier deck. Uh, you should really, you should really be thinking of the metagame in terms of Mew. You either have to play Mew or build your deck in a way where it, it can beat Mew comfortably. You know, Mew. Well, I don't even know if like comfortably is like because like there are decks, you know, Zashian, um, you know, Jolteon that have a fifty-fifty. It has to turn your matchup into a fair one, at right, least. Right. You have right. to consider Mew in your deck building to make it a fair matchup. Exactly. Yeah, maybe that's the way to say it. But and you see that, man. You see that as you go through like the metagame in these larger tournaments. There are dark decks everywhere. There's random Moltres in every deck. <laughs> it's just insane. Or your deck that just trades favorably anyway, like Malamar. Yeah. Where's Malamar in your in your top fifty, JW? Oh man, well probably slotting somewhere around thirteen or fourteen, I would say. The last time I checked, <laughs> let me just pull out the tome that I <laughs> tear my decks in. <laughs> Pops like a giant. 
<laughs> 50 pound book on the table there you go awesome so we hope you learn something from that experience top five decks <laughs> as a reminder in order are mute number one jolteon at number two Gengar at number three, Duraludon at number four, and Zashian Zamazenta at number five. All oh, are yeah. solid plays that you could take to an event and feel like you still made a good choice by the end of the day. Certainly. Certainly, yeah. Those are lists that I would you know, feel comfortable taking to any event that I would go to, so you should as well. Here we go. Well, JW, I think we've left our mark on our listeners for this week. Oh, I have one other thing. Oh my, you do? Yeah, yeah. This is kind of a fun Pog thing. Champ. Dude, dude. well, it's just, it's a personal thing. I know we're going to get into like socials and everything, but you can find me now on my website. The website. Yo. Bro, I've created a website. Yes, this has been something that I've been thinking about for a long time, but I finally just decided to, you know, to go for it. So I'm putting out um, written articles, just very short kind of blurb blog format with um, a lot of the videos that I create kind of alongside. So I can say like, oh, here's some more, uh, you know, in-depth maybe analysis of, of what I didn't really want to show off in the um, in the, you know, deck explanation that I would like to write down um, along with a few other little treats but that website is flex daddy i couldn't get flexdaddy.com so i had to get flexdaddy.cards dot cards is a thing <laughs> yeah yeah i know i know google domains man so flexdaddy.cards and i was worried i almost got flexdaddy.live but then i was like what if ptcg live doesn't come out for like four more years <laughs> well you're also a live streamer that's fair but i i just felt like flexdaddy.cards was a little i mean dot cards is, is pretty dope it, it's pretty gas yeah so on there you can find a few articles again it's going to be uh, it's in the <laughs> very infant stages and the idea is to update you know every week with the decks that i'm playing on the uh on the youtube channel and then also have uh also have some you know some merchandise and things that you can you can buy shirts that uh that i like that i have bought spent a little too much money on <laughs> over there which are pretty fun so there you go jw check out flexdaddy.cards awesome website if you're a true tag team listener if you're a real one you'll give flexdaddy.cards a sneak peek that's right absolutely you can find us on all of our socials uh twitter is probably the the one that we're the most active on so at smiles with riles for riley at tag team pokemon for the podcast and at real john walter for myself you can also find the podcast streamed live every wednesday it's thursday today but every wednesday <laughs> at twitch.tv slash munner or check out my live stream twitch.tv slash flex daddy righteous we thank you all so much for tuning in week to week. If you liked it or you had some feedback, be sure to rate and review so we can get boosted up in the algorithm or learn something new that we should do better for next time. We do read all of our DMs and tweets as well. And with that, we'll catch you all next time.
Peace.